0: Problem with motivation is, it's like it's temporary. It's an emotion. So if you, in the person, like if I have, an, if I have a, a company and like my my employees only feed off motivation, like it's gonna dry out at some point, and we're gonna have bad days. But all of us in our life, we get stuff done not because we're motivated. We get them done because there are systems. We have systems in our life that help us feel healthy, feel good. We eat, we shower, we brush our teeth, stuff like that. So. um I think where most people go wrong the things that are actually going to bring them furthest in their life, um, like when they're business or anything else. They're not systematized. They just do them when they feel like it.
1: This is the Angles of Latitude Podcast, session number 159 with the founder of Azeth Supplements, Prady Tuwari.
2: What you're about to hear is the
0: integration of life. Clarity is power. If you live each day as if
1: it was your last, someday you'll most certainly be right. Liberty. We choose to go to the moon. It's happening.
0: And all things geek.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure I know how to answer that. Uh, You got a badass over here.
0: Welcome to the Angles of Latitude podcast.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to this session of the AOL podcast. If this is the first time you're listening in, it's our goal to bring you life lessons or a message from successful entrepreneurs, experts, athletes, and artists so that you too can find and execute your own personal mission and live a lifestyle that you're proud of. I'm your host, JC Preston, and with me today is Veronica Kieran, who has safely arrived in LA after two weeks of travel with her book tour. I'm sure we'll get to hear more about that in a future session. Or if you can't wait, you can actually check it out yourself on her podcast called The Audacious Entrepreneur on the Move. Today, we're talking about peak performance. And in fact, most would probably tell you that the way to get there is through daily habits and setting the right goals long term. However, sometimes our physical and mental state isn't quite where we'd like it to be to be able to achieve those daily actions and and just actually get things done. In this session, we're talking with Prady Tiwari about how he's been able to use systems to get him and his business to a place where he's selling over 50,000 units worldwide with Azeth. And the episode will also cover the thought process he utilized to go from lawyer to full-time entrepreneur, when he realized that fitness was essential to being in the right state of mind to operate on a day-to-day basis, and how he got into real estate investing and what niche he's actually in. But before we get into that, I want to remind you guys of Uncover Your Personal Mission, which is the Personal Mission Guide. And in this chat with Prady today, you'll find out that his business is based on who he is. He's a great example of what the Japanese call the Ikigai. And in my guide, I break the Ikigai down into four Ps, your passion, your purpose, your process, and your profit. And most of the entrepreneur space focuses on one of those, namely profit. But the other three are just as important, if not more so. Just like when you're traveling, if you don't know where you're at, then it's going to be hard to get where you want to be. And so in Uncover Your Personal Mission, it was my goal to help you figure out where exactly you're at. And in it, you'll find questions that will help you find your passion, your purpose, and your process. That way, you don't get lost trying to be someone else when you're building your business. You can grab it for free today at newinceptions.com slash guide. Again, that's newinceptions.com slash personal mission guide. All right, before we get started, remember, subscribe to the show on whichever platform you're listening on. And of course, we always want to hear from you. So leave us a review on iTunes or shoot Veronica Harrison or me an email at newinceptions.com with any current issues that you're going through while you're building and scaling your business. Again, that's at newinceptions.com. Show notes and show notes extras of the show can be found at newinceptions.com slash 159. And as usual, I'll be on at the end of the show to fill you in on anything we might have missed. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. This is JC Preston. And with me today is Veronica Kieran, host of the Audacious Entrepreneur on the Move podcast. Thank you for spending some time with us today. Veronica, what is up with you? How are you doing?
2: Hi, JC. Everything's up with me. As you know, as always. uh, Oh, gosh. So, yeah, my podcast launched, as you said, the Audacious Entrepreneur on the Move podcast. Uh, I leave in four days for my book tour across America. And uh, I'm moving to Los Angeles. So just plenty of things going on right now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exciting. And uh, yeah, it's it's, it's every direction. (laughs) It's nuts. Yeah, I'm. I'm proud of the different things that you got going on. We're actually going to have the chance to meet in person um, yes. on the other side of the weekend, so that'll be fun. And uh, yeah, looking forward to just you know having seeing your success as a as an author and all the stuff that that goes into that. So that that should be fun.
2: Thanks. Yeah, it's gonna be great.
1: But that being said, you know, when it comes to making big leaps in life like you are, um, one of the things Mm -hmm. that we've both done and as our our guest has as well is actually start a business. And it's really no small decision. When you're starting a business, you're drawing a line in the sand that's saying that you're going to be taking responsibility of some form of the income in your life. And many people don't want that responsibility. So that's why they never start their own business. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that keeps people from beginning really is that they don't have a roadmap to get from where they're currently at to where they want to be. And they think that the income that they need or they want to make that justify making that jump is something that they can, they they want the end result right away. So they they think it's like they have to make a splash as soon as they step in, yeah. into the water. And that's that's just not going to happen. And not only that, but they need to compete with some of the big names that are already established in in the industry, really. I mean, if they're trying to get into business coaching, good luck, right? You're not going to yeah. unless you have some personal friends like, you know, I know some podcasters that have recently started who are connected to other big names that that, that doesn't necessarily work that way. So, today we're actually talking with someone that uh, knows all about this path and in fact, he's on admission to teach people about the opportunities that exist all around them, and that it's okay to start small. His name is Prady Tuari, and he can be found online at GetAzoth.com.
0: Prady, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hey, guys. Uh, pleasure to be on. Thank you so much. I really look forward to uh, providing value. And every time I come on a podcast or I do an interview, I'll uh, say one thing, which is um, you know I want people to walk away from this episode. At least one thing that they can immediately apply to their life or their business or their career or anything they're trying to really scale uh, and, and make better. And that's the goal I'll have on this podcast, which is provide value. And uh, yeah, it's a total pleasure to be here.
1: Oh, so what you're saying there is that you're not going to diverse too much through the conversation. You're going to be like, here's the steps now.
2: <laughs> <But, laughs> well,
1: it's
0: tough because like a lot of times, you know, you do interviews with people. When I was younger, I was, you know, trying to get into business and entrepreneurship. I would listen to a lot of interviews and, you know, I was trying to take away some stuff. But I think a lot of times as an entrepreneur, you're so excited to tell people about your business and what you're doing, which is, I think is interesting. But, you know, people aren't really interested in your just your autobiography. They want to learn about what you've done that has helped you that you, they can apply to their life. Right, so I right. knew when I was on the other side that you know, if I'm if I'm, you know, someone's asking me questions, it's like, yeah, I'll tell you about what I'm doing or my life, but I want to make sure that you can say, "Hey, like, you know, because I heard your story, I have some takeaways that I can apply to my business." So yeah, th- right. that, that that's my mission.
1: Awesome. Great, Lo- love it. So let's get started on that story. Uh you're currently in your late 20s now but seem to have a lot of things going on. So let's take a step Back a little bit, and so we can wrap our minds about all the things that you're you're up to. Uh, in your bio, it says that you have a juris doctor degree, and if people aren't keeping, I didn't even know what it was before I looked it up before the <laughs> the interview here. But that's the degree that people going into law school get. Correct.
0: Correct. Yeah. So I am actually I went through to law school, graduated, uh, and I became a, a an attorney and a lawyer. So I actually focused on. Uh, transactional work, uh, which basically allowed me to work with companies from a legal perspective as a lawyer when they're getting sold or when they're uh, trying to acquire another company, doing contracts, so more of the business side um, instead of the litigation mm-hmm. side of law. Hmm, okay. So what w- what was actually the
1: jump between being in law and getting over to business? Because, like for example, we've had Jordan Harbinger on the show, and his big thing was that he realized that there's a third thing that people need to look into which is developing their um their emotional IQ and understanding body language and all these different things and so he started a podcast and again that's how he got started similarly you were you put all this time into And to go on after your law degree, that seems like such a jump to go from, I'm going to be a successful lawyer to entrepreneurship and starting (laughs) your own thing. So
0: what drew you over? Right. I, you know, I think like when it comes to education, it's, it's, it's never truly really wasted. And I think the people that are able to really leverage their um, educational skills are able to apply principles from what they've learned onto other things that they want to do. Right. So as a transactional lawyer, the focus always is on helping other companies, um, Kind of grow and scale, understand their business needs, and translate difficult legal concepts into things that you know people to, your clients, which are business people, they want to be able to understand. So, mm. one of the big takeaways for me being an attorney was learning how to communicate effectively. I think that is extremely important. You know, I'm coming on this podcast, I have stuff to share, but. If I can't communicate it in a way that lands for the audience, I'm not doing a good job because I, I can have all the skill set and the talent and the ideas and the visions, but if it's only in my mind and I can't communicate it to the people I want to communicate it to, to my family, my colleagues, my friends, uh, my employees, my partners, then it, it's going to fall on deaf ears. And so I think going to law school um, trained me to be very good at communicating with people um, and being able to understand difficult business concepts and thinking how it relates to the law. Um, so mm-hmm. that was the biggest um, translation effect for me, as I like mm. to call it. But also, you know, you're you're so focused on helping others and their businesses. Um, and I was like, I wanted to use it to help my own businesses um, kind of scale because I had started several businesses in college already. Okay. And, you know, the biggest issues that I was facing, you know, when I was thinking about hurdles or challenges that helped me get to the next level weren't really like, necessarily business issues. They were mostly legal issues. They're like how to navigate through contracts, how to negotiate better, um, mm-hmm. how to understand the legal landscape um, and understand um, how you work with compliance. So for me, um, law school was a stepping stone for me to become a better uh, you know, entrepreneur and to serve uh, my customers and my employees um, at a much, much better rate because I'm much more better at communicating and I understand the things we're doing every day, which is mostly contract work, um, much better.
2: Definitely. So at some point though, um, it seems to me that you started to really think about, uh, health and fitness and how it applies to entrepreneurship. I mean, like I, so I can just relate on a personal level where I run online businesses, you know, I used to have green cup digital. That was my tech company. So I was in front of a computer all day long. And now as an entrepreneur coach, my clients are international, which means again, I must be in front of a computer. So I'm sitting a lot And I started to discover like yoga, jogging, et cetera. Like I needed to be moving at least part of the day in order to keep my mind primed in order to be who I needed to be for my business, as you said, like for your employees, for your partners, for your clients. Um, And so what was that discovery process like for you?
0: Yeah. So if I, I, I found fitness and, and especially bodybuilding early in my life. I was about 14, 15 years old. Uh, I started going to the gym and, I, and one thing that I recognized uh, for myself was that when I go to the gym and I lift weights and I um, do cardio and I eat well, my body just started changing really rapidly. And mm. I, I think there's something to be said because all of us know in life that if we work hard and if we put our best efforts we're gonna achieve good results like we know that intuitively like that's been taught to us but very rarely do we actually see that happen in front of our eyes you know physically and we're just seeing it happen in a mirror right so like if i work really hard on um, you know, my schoolwork, it might take some time, like it, maybe, you know, the, the payoff doesn't come so right. much later. If I work on my right. business today and I stay in, I might not make, you know, the, the, the million dollars I'm looking for until in two or three years. So you don't see that as quickly. But when I started bodybuilding, I remember I would work out and, I, you know, after a month or two months of just clean eating, I would start feeling, literally feeling better. Um, and I would look different, and for me, yeah. was, it, it clicked in my mind. Like, well, if I if I have the power to change my body, and I have full control over that, maybe I I really have the power to actually change. The course of my life, maybe I can create my own world, maybe I can start a business. Like, what if I apply the same principles there? Because seeing cause and effect mm-hmm. is one of the most, the best things that you can, you know, that's how you gain confidence. You need to see things mm-hmm. actually happen, you need to see good things happen, you see change happen. Because many of us, we, we don't believe that if I ask people seriously, do you believe that if you work really hard, that there's going to be a payoff? And people think they, they would say yes, but deep down, many people would actually say, you know what? No, I don't think it would really matter. I think I would always be. In a, in a situation that wasn't good for me even yeah. if I put my best efforts and so for They're me scared. seeing that click uh, was mm-hmm. probably the best thing so still today I have to go to the gym it's something that I just have to do if I feel better and I know that when I wake up and go to the gym you know I pull four or five hundred you know pounds from the floor I mean at that, that point when it's nine o'clock and everyone's starting their day um, I already have started with a victory and a win and and that translates in everything else I do.
2: Yeah. So it's not just like it's priming you for your day, but it's also literally a metaphor for keeping your positivity up. You know, you can see the re- get the results here. So must be that I'm putting in efforts over here. I'm going to see results there, too. I love that. So is that how Azoth came about?
0: Yeah. So I was always really into uh, health and fitness. That was my passion, because, I, as I said, I started early on, uh, 14, 15, when I got into college. Um, I, I started, uh, um, you know, bodybuilding seriously competitively and I started a, a bodybuilding club at my university um, and one of the things that I was doing at the same time, you know, as I just said, I started realizing the power of bodybuilding and I can do other things. I started businesses. I wanted to really focus on my academics um, and, I, and I really wanted to continue bodybuilding at a, at a really serious level and at some point um, I had to figure out how to do all those things. And be great at them. You know, I think we have a, a concept that we need to be focused on one thing and and that's it. But I was like, well, maybe I can actually be great at everything and, and try to make it work. And I, I recognize there was a point, especially when I got to law school, where you know the 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 ball game in law school was very different. It's very much more serious. Um, you know, the 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 bar all is right. very high. Um mm-hmm. and at some point, you know, I was f- trying to find out ways about man, how can I do all this stuff still and still succeed? And um, I remember uh, trying to find alternative ways to boost my productivity. So I would, you know, do different things with my sleep cycle. I would change my diet up so I could get more out of the day and and find more time so I could be primed and, you know, optimistic all day. Um, And that's how I stumbled on Nootropics. I remember I was, um, you know, one time I I was looking things up, I was going through research papers, and I found a... A class of ingredients, and they were called nootropics, and they were being used by the Russians and the Soviets during the space race to actually give to their astronauts and to give to their scientists so they could really, you know, focus and be longer, much more longer productive. And I was like, well, what's what, what's so special about this? Is it just like caffeine or a stimulant? Now I recognize that the cool thing about nootropics is that nootropics, they don't necessarily work on your central nervous system. So they don't like spike up and jack up your dopamine and serotonin because when you spike them up, like you do through coffee, yeah,
2: you're going to crash.
0: Yeah, you crash. So nootropics don't do that. What they do is they increase blood flow to your brain and they basically bring back your serotonin and dopamine levels back to balance. So you're going to feel like you've had your best night's rest. Like you feel, you know, those times in the day, like or during a week where you just start doing work and you're totally in the zone. That's mm-hmm. how nootropics should make you feel. So it's harnessed energy. It's not just like energy that's running well, like you get with coffee, but it's harnessed. And I remember I was like, I need to find a way to get my hands on these. Like this, this, this is something great. So I started sourcing uh, different ingredients of nootropics, um, putting them together myself uh, in... Um, one of the research facilities I had at my university and just using it for myself. And it took hundreds of tries to get the right synergy and combination. Uh, but at some point, something really clicked. And uh, I remember you know, taking something, giving it to a couple of my friends, and they were like, man, yeah. this, this, is, this is something. <laughs> like, uh, I was actually with my buddy and we're going to the gym. And on the way there, um, I turn around and he's a big guy. And I turn around and and he started like being very emotional and crying. And I was like, "Oh no, like I've given him the wrong formula or something that isn't good for him." Um, So I was like, "Hey man, what's going on?" And he said, "Pretty, I gotta tell you something." Uh, I was like, "What's up, man?" He's like, "I've never felt so good in my life. I feel totally in the zone, and I feel like I've felt so stressed, and I just feel really good." And I remember hearing him say that, and I knew we were onto something. So I went back, and we encapsulated that formula and I started using myself and him and then people started talking about it at law school because they are asking, Pretty, what are you taking? Because you're doing all these you have a story. You're you running all these companies, oh, no. you're going law school. Like, what are you taking? I was like, well, I'm I'm using this product that I created. And they're like, oh, let me try it too. So started giving out to people and it wasn't there was no business strategy or plan really around this. And until some point I was like, well, we should create a business out of this and uh, basically found a manufacturer and then the whole thing kind of started that that product became azoth and now we're selling worldwide and we've sold you know hundreds of thousands of units and that's what i do full-time wow wow Wow. uh taking
1: a step back though i mean just kind of going through that that whole uh edison process so to speak (laughs) you know going through going through the light bulbs i mean that (laughs) that to me is just something that you said how how many iterations did you say you probably went
0: through? I think we we went over 183 that I've recorded. Yeah. Wow. Yes.
1: So you you went so you had a journal down and, and yep. then the entire process yep. of oh, wow. Yep. That, yep. that is that is cool. So what what I mean what about when 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 did you know that you were done iterating the formula so to speak on that.
0: Yeah, so we started getting good feedback. You know, when my when my friend gave me that feedback, I was like, we might be onto something. And I and we I tested it myself, and with we had a huge uh, group of people that were basically close friends and family that were, um, you know, had such positive feedback from it. And then mm-hmm. we had a a couple of um, other studies done on it. And at that point, I knew that there was like it was the right ingredient, right dosage. Um, and it was something that was safe to use. And all, all these uh, ingredients are totally natural, so there isn't anything really synthetic in them. Um, right. and at that point, um, I knew that we might be onto something and, but the, the real cool thing about this, about this approach is we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. Like when we start building a business, because most people, they say, okay, I want to, I don't like my job. I, I want to mm-hmm. just quit and I want to start mm-hmm. a business. And so now you put pressure on yourself to like, you want to start a business and now you're going to find a product. But I think when Ew, you, yeah. Yeah, in my end, I was just a, I was Horse just in, before the cart. Exactly. I was just a graduate student and I wanted to find, I was really like, I loved like the science behind it and I wanted to find something that's going to help me. Just in my personal life, there was no idea for a business. There was no idea for scaling this. There was no pressure. So we were doing it. We we're having a ton of fun going every night and trying to test different things. So there was no pressure. So I was yeah. okay putting in like hundreds of hours into it. And so, so the business came later after I had a proof of concept, after I had perfected the product, after I had customers that were going to pay for it. So you take away a lot of that pressure and. And, you know, and, and you, you definitely, you, you grow under pressure and it's very good, but I think certain pressure isn't helpful. Um, and I think people start businesses for the wrong reasons, which we can get into as well. But I think that was my story. And I think how we allowed us to, to scale. Cause if I had raised a ton of money and like, Hey guys, I'm going to start a new company and I'm like under pressure to find something, I don't think I would have been able to find as yeah. and, and build this. So I think that's, a you would have been just,
2: yeah, you would have been panicking through your iterations instead of totally spending the time that they required There's a difference in the energy that you put into something if you are doing it because you're passionate and excited and in love with it versus I have investors breathing down my neck and I have to move. (laughs) So, so this is perfect because I actually, um, I specialize in scaling businesses, uh, as an entrepreneur coach. And I noticed that you really, um, like to highlight how important systems and automation is for businesses. Um, how did you, I mean, was that part of your process in developing Azoth or like, how did you come to realize how totally critical, cause those are actually like two of the pillars that I use with my clients. Um, so what was the light bulb for you?
0: The light bulb as in how important and systems, yeah. um, you know, yeah. And so systems are always important and that even if you're not scaling your business, I mean, because the truth is if you want to be successful in life, I was always someone who wanted more um you mm-hmm. know I, I i came here from 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 europe uh from a very different background and i wanted to come to the america and i knew that i always want some something more and i want to be successful the, the thing about mm-hmm. success is that success is is what you do every day like you can't be successful on monday and then not on <laughs> on tuesday are and you that's sure well yeah. <laughs> so that's what most people do right they're they are successful they do good work because they feel motivated and then people are like okay what right. can we do to motivate our employees what can we do and the problem with motivation is, is like, It's temporary, it's an emotion. So if you, in the person, like if I have have a a company and like my my employees only feed off motivation, like it's gonna dry out at some point and we're gonna have bad days. But all of us in our life, we get stuff done not because we're motivated, we get them done because they're systems. Every day I wake up, Mm -hmm. I shower, I brush my teeth. That's a system, it doesn't matter if it's raining outside. Or if it, I'm in a bad mood, I, a bad mood or whatever, I, I always shower. If I'm late to work, I still shower. Um, I just shower you a know, shorter amount of time. But like, I still do it. It doesn't matter how I feel. So we get stuff done. We have systems in our life that help us feel healthy, feel good. We eat, we shower, we brush our teeth, stuff like that. So um, I think where most people go wrong, the things that are actually going to bring them furthest in their life, um, like when they're business or anything else, they're not systematized. They just do them when they feel like it. Like, I'm not going to go to the gym because I just don't have, I'm not having a good day. Or I'm not going to go to work. I'm not going to crush it at work today. I'm not going to get that sales call because I, I just, I just, I'm not having a good day. I feel depressed. The problem with that is your competition will eat you alive because your competition <laughs> potentially is working at those hours yeah. and is doing it. So, systems are important for our own personal success. So, I want to make sure that the things I'm doing in my life that bring me closer to my goal are automatic. They're part of who I am, they're what I do. Like, Success is what I do. It's not what I am or what I feel. It's what I do. Mm. Like, I do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's important. Um, But with business, yes, it's totally important because otherwise your business is totally dependent on human input. And emotional input, and that's not something that you can scale because at some point it will collapse because it totally has emotional uh, foundations. And we see this all the time. We have a couple of bad hires, or people leave a company. Small business happens all the time, and or you know something happens, a bad thing happens in someone's family, and they have a family business, and the whole business collapses. And I know looking at all that, right. that that business does not have any systems. They have people. They don't have systems. So
2: yeah, I do want to put a, like a pin where you said, um, you know, like your competition is working while you're sleeping. Um, I used to think about that a lot as I was developing my first business and actually that caused a lot of anxiety for me. And so I think it's really important to know just like not just your system so that you are actuating at the best you possibly can every day. Um, but also that you have things automated so that something is happening while you are sleeping and that, like you said, like we have human limitations. Those are emotional. Those are physical. Those are time-based. So we have to have something that can happen without us. Um, And those two things have to go together. And a lot of um, early entrepreneurs, especially, will miss that. Just like you said, you kind of answered my second question. I was going to ask a follow-up about, you know, like, what do you recommend when somebody's starting out? But I feel like this was just really solid. Is there anything you you want (laughs) to add?
0: Yeah, well, people always ask like, well, what what is even a system that seems like so complicated? You know, I'm reading mm. all these business books, and it seems like very uh, very difficult to understand. I always give them an example of like, you already have a system, man. Like you're brushing your teeth, that's a system. Yeah, you're eating, yeah, yeah. That's a system. So they're all systems. Totally. So I think it's important to recognize we already do that. Um, but I always say is um, you have to if you can every process at, at your work or what you're doing, if you can write it on a small like note card, a little four by four card or paper, and you can give that to someone else and they can take it over without asking a ton of questions. Yes. That's what you want to be able to do. And most businesses are totally dependent on human input um and and stuff Thanks, like that right. but actually a quick story i think which will help a lot of listeners to give some context i uh, we were going i was one of the business i had started uh we were actually going uh, getting acquired and that was something that you know we definitely wanted to do we we're on board we had someone that really wanted our business and you know we were happy with how it was going we we're going through a due diligence phase and at some point um it was almost the last few weeks and i remember some of the partners from that other business came to our uh, facility we were distributing products and um they were doing a tour they were asking us about all the inventory and at some point the partner of the company that was going to acquire us um, pulled me aside and he said pretty to be honest um we can't buy your business and i was like man w- w- oh. what are you talking about like why, why can't you buy it? what's going on mm. and uh he said to me to be honest um i can't buy your business because you're here and um, I had no idea what he was talking about. I was like, what do you mean I'm here? Of course I'm here, Like this is my business. <laughs> and what he was trying to tell me is that from every single thing, from fulfillment to distribution to marketing, I was involved in everything. Right. And I was micromanaging everyone. So the minute that I would step away from that business, they wouldn't, there, there was, was no systems in place. The whole thing was dependent right, on me being present. Um, so yeah. it was a good, good lesson for us because they ended up not acquiring us and they ended up buying a business that was doing about six and a half or seven times less the revenue we were doing and then acquiring them. Uh, so there was a, a lesson um, well-learned and hopefully that could uh, help people and, and provide some context to them.
2: Yeah, so totally. That. Yeah, I yeah. actually learned that lesson the hard way myself. Um, and now <laughs> like that's how I developed and eventually scaled and sold my tech company. I had to learn that lesson mm-hmm. so deeply. But I I'm still learning, of course. We're always still learning. And when I hired my assistant some time ago, Um, she said to me that it was like the easiest onboarding process she has ever had with any entrepreneur ever because everything is so readily available. And that was just like my little virtual, um, you know, like fist pump, like, I've learned this. It's good. Yay.
1: So another of, of of important things to uh, consider when, when scaling, though, is building a platform and developing your network. And wanted to give this a little bit of time before we we moved on. But you know, when someone's brand new to their their particular industry, um, th- the question is is like, how do you develop a uh, you know your own brand for your platform, whichever one you d- decide to go after, and then develop a network. Which you can potentially later monetize because I, you know, it seems to me that even today that it, the, the focus is on becoming an influencer before you're actually uh-huh. to that point, and it just it just kind of seems counterintuitive. So, how does that work?
0: Yeah, I, I always said in order to influence people, you need to have done something, um, and so <laughs> it's very important. I think that's the first thing. So um you know let, let's talk about creating a brand your brand is is an extension of who you are and people ask me i was like what, what is a brand how create my personal brand and i would say your brand um is the stuff that you do when no one's watching um like w- how do you live your life like what do you do like for myself um, i'm really interested in peak productivity um i'm very interested in health and fitness so that becomes like my my brand everyone knows like has always known me for years, as like the guy who uh, doesn't sleep. Of course, I, I I do sleep, but I'm always known for someone <laughs> yeah. who puts in tremendous hours, and I'm I'm known as the person who cares about productivity. If people ask me about, man, how do I save more time? How do I become more productive? People always came to me. That became my brand. But um, so that's what I was naturally doing. So if you're if you're trying to create a brand for uh, you know living a life that's not really you at some point or the other. You're gonna falter. So, mm-hmm. I really deep down, ask yourself: like, what's the life that you live when no one's watching? And like, mm-hmm. wh- what do you do? What do you naturally gravitate to? And that's gonna be the easiest thing for you to do without having to even spend a lot of money or educate yourself, because that's just it's who you are. Like, I didn't have to pay money for courses to figure out, you know, how to become like uh, this person who talks about productivity, because that's I, I've always learned and thought about that since since a kid. So, I think that's important. The second thing I want to talk about is competency. You know, a lot of people, especially millennials, people in their twenties, kind of my age they all like you said they're so in, interested and invested in becoming an influencer but you can only influence people if you have done and shown some competency right. so i would think you right. should yeah you should you should definitely like find like be good at something like veronica said she, she sold her company and you've written a book like stuff like that so when people have seen that you've done something and you're successful at it that gives you the opportunity to actually influence other people. We 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 don't do that now. Now it's like, how do I become an influencer? And then how do I maybe help or create something out of that influencer? And, and I don't think, like, how are you going to influence and actually bring people up? Like, that's the goal of an influencer. It's like, by you being in my life, you influence me positively and you bring me up. And I And I think mm. people who have competency, who have a skill set, maybe they've written a book, mastered a skill, done Done. something that that has shown that they, they're someone that you can trust, like that's what's actually going to build um, your influence, right? So for me, to be able to come on this podcast, it took me, you know, I started my first business when I was 17. So, you know, mm-hmm. now it's 11 years later. So I've sold and, and created many companies. So I, I can come here and talk. But, you know, if it was many years before, if I've never done this stuff, like I, I can not come on here. Like there's, I can't influence anyone if I haven't shown competency. And that's the people that we want to do business with. That's the people who we trust. Um, are people that show competency. And I think um, we, we don't do that a lot of times. And I speak to a lot of young people, and they ask me, should I use Instagram? What, what photo should I use? Should I rent this car and do all that stuff? But the problem is that there's nothing, there's no substance behind behind that because you really aren't good at anything and you haven't showed competency and it takes some time to do that it's okay to become an influencer at age 40 or 50 or 60 yeah. or, or 30 you, know, you don't have to be one right it's now the so OG do something.
2: influencer. yeah well. so, so
0: so do something you
1: know? i can't i can't tell you how many times when i was when i was first out of grad school and and, and made it to the big city of indianapolis that you know i i'd be making the rounds and meeting people who were tra- tra- even back then we're trying to pretend about it and and this is like when Twitter was brand new and they're like trying to tell all the older folks it's like oh yeah I'm a social media expert I'm like it hasn't been around long <laughs> enough for you to know how to <laughs> actually do this and uh, I, there's hardly there were hardly any metrics back then I mean it was it was like how do how would you even measure what what people put into investing into you to do a j- particular job for that and so that wow. was you know the kind of looking back into what you mean by that, that was one of the first things that came to my mind. So yeah. 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 It's, this is cool. nuts. So another thing that you're you're involved with is uh, real estate and one of the, we've had several real estate, uh, investors on here and really kind of interesting to find out what, what pulls people to particular parts of the industry. When did you first of all? When did you decide to get into that? And then, what part of the industry are you working there?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, I got into real estate. um, I was nineteen or twenty. I with with sold. I sold my first uh, first business, and I didn't know um, exactly what the next path and the next steps were going to be. I know I wanted to finish college and and go to grad school. And I remember um, at that time, I'd I'd always heard, uh, you know, people make you know, money through business, but they generate, you know, legacy and wealth through real estate. So I was always interested in that about, you know, you, you, you start thinking about sustainability uh, after some point in time, like you, yeah. you your goal is like, okay, I, I have a dream, like, and I, you accomplish that. And then you're like, well, oh, oh, no, like there's life after this. Like, what do I do now? And then you start thinking, I need to have a purpose in my life. That's not just a goal. Um, mm-hmm. Because a lot of people confuse purpose and goals. They're not the same. A goal is something that you have a target that you reach. And then you have to have a larger purpose that keeps you going and helps you set a new goal. So I remember um, when I sold my first business, I realized, oh, like, what do I do now? Like, that's what I was going to do and what I wanted to do for so long. Um, and I realized that I needed a new purpose. <laughs> and so that new purpose became sustainability and creating some sort of um, some sort of legacy in a business that was going to be around for a little bit longer. So that's how I got mm-hmm. into real estate. Um and my first thing that I started to do was i was like many people that got started um i was uh purchasing condos and smaller uh smaller you know uh, apartments and multifamily uh uh places where college students would actually live and I would buy them and rent them out to to college students and I was trying okay. to figure out how do you become an entrepreneur in this space because it seems like a very quote unquote boring thing to do. you just buy a building and then it just cash flows but there must be you you i i must be able to innovate here I must be able to become an entrepreneur here. Um, and right. so I started uh, thinking about how to do that. And that was that became kind of my brand. So what I started doing is a lot of people, that landlords started to focus especially on, oh, we got to change the towels and the hardwood and we got to make stuff nice. And I recognized that the people that are living in my place that were college students, they didn't care about any of this stuff. But what they did care <laughs> about was technology. So right. what I started doing is I started uh, buying iPads and a lot of like home automation equipment, which wasn't very expensive. And I would automate all my... Uh, uh, all my rentals. And so, but I didn't have, I didn't upgrade the kitchen or the furnaces or people didn't really care about that. But I was able to get, people would come into the place like, oh wow, like I can open the curtains with a remote control, or I can see what's in the fridge. This was back in 2010 and 11. Um, And so people were like, were, were fascinated with it. And so I was able to bring the rent up by bringing in technology which didn't cost me that much is a few hundred bucks um, as opposed to doing you know what the tried and true method which is to you know gut out the whole place and do all this extra stuff so that was right. our, so i started getting into technology um, in and all the rentals and were able to up the rent and then it was able to refi and start started purchasing more uh, more buy nice. holds so that was how i got started gotcha Buy and hold. Love it. Love it. Got to create that, that legacy for sure. (laughs) Yeah. So I recently got into development, which is a totally different ball game uh, that was like starting this last year, which now I, I build the apartment buildings and complexes um, from scratch, which is a a totally different ball game, much more hands-on. And that that, that, it requires its its own, you know, processes and systems. So it's it's very different than buy and hold. But I think buy and holds and getting started uh, in, in that is very uh, important. A lot of people want to become developers right away. But, you know, if you have never even fixed a rental, you probably might struggle a little bit to, you know, build a, a you know, housing for people. So so I would definitely, uh, you know, wait before doing that. Yeah.
2: All right. All right. I renovated a slumlord's uh, duplex. And if you have no idea what you're getting yourself into. If you're trying to make something livable for someone, I don't know how you're going to do it, then how you're going to scale that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and just like anything else, there's obviously a learning curve there and yeah, I don't know how someone would actually start from not having that background and at least in real estate of some sort, even being an agent and then be able to go into developing like, commercial
0: places like that yeah yeah and a big thing i think that you mentioned earlier is like how to how to like create a network and how to start with that and and, and i think this is huge um you you're, you can be the hardest worker in the room and you can really crush it you can sit, get a laptop and i always say you know if you have a laptop internet connection can afford three meals a day and have you know a roof on your head you can actually start a business and be profitable so but at some point you you have limitations as a human whether it's your time your energy levels um but also mm-hmm. your ability to to uh to grow and scale and for that, we do need human capital and as far as like being able to leverage your network and that is super important. that's the thing that gets you to the next level from a to b is 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 people and network um mm-hmm. and so i've I've always had that philosophy if I wanted to grow quicker, I might not know all the answers, but the people that I work with do, uh, and I'm comfortable with that you have to be comfortable with that so the same thing when I went from you know buying holds from rentals that I'm doing. Um, across from boston university and now my one of the brokers i work with he said pretty you should start developing stuff and i was like man i I don't know much about it he was like don't worry i think you know business um you'll be able to figure out how to do this development stuff too and so i Mm -hmm. knew going in i didn't have all the knowledge but i made sure that everyone that was in my team that they knew different parts that i didn't know but they we worked together on them and i was comfortable with that and i would leverage them and i would leverage their network um in order to to build this business as quickly as possible because you know, if you take the long way where you educate yourself about everything, and I started, you know, learning architecture and I started learning, you know, everything about being a general contractor, it'd take me forever. Uh, so you have to be okay yeah. with with oh, you yeah. know, outsourcing and, and working with other people and trusting them in the process. So what
1: basically, what you're saying is what they say in Rich Dad Poor Dad, again, you don't have to be the sharpest crown in the crown box. You have to surround yourself with people that can complement where you're at, is what you're saying. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you, Love you have to be comfortable with that too. Cause I think a lot of us, I, I think deep down, a lot of us have ego. And the problem, if you want to mm-hmm. build something, if you want to grow, like you have to leave that at the door. And we know, all of us know that, but we don't, we know a lot of things. All the things that you listen in on this podcast <laughs> and stuff that I'm saying, we all know this stuff already, but we haven't internalized it yet. And I think it's important that, you know, you leave your ego at the door and you're willing to say, Hey, like someone else just knows their stuff better than I do. And that's okay. Like, how can I incentivize them that we work together? How can I, how can I work with them and provide them value? And, and that's okay. And that's okay that I won't know everything. I'll try to understand as much as I can, but it's okay to be able to delegate things and not be like a, a helicopter parent when it comes to my employees <laughs> and stuff. Um, and I think that that requires you to leave your ego at the door. And I think that's, that that's massively important.
2: Absolutely. Um, yeah. So Freddie, uh, we're just, about to enter fourth quarter of 2019, which is blowing my mind. Um, and I know I had some really big goals for this year and I'm definitely smashing some of them and other, a few others. I'm just like, okay, can we like eke out in this last quarter? So like, what are you feeling about this last quarter? What are you excited about? And then what are you excited about heading into 2020?
0: Yeah. The, the most exciting thing, um, that, you know, I'm excited about is the, is, is, it's just the ability to continue on my mission that we have with Asif. The goal really is to make more people productive. So the goal initially had is to make a thousand people more productive in their day, um, and and now the goal is to get t- now we have ten thousand. Now we had fifty, you now one hundred, and the next goal is to get to to making a million people more productive in their day. Because you know, people ask me all the time, well, pretty. uh, you you sell like you sell supplements. Tell me about that, and and I was like, what supplement you, you're talking about? He's like, well, your capsules, your nootropics, they're supplements, and I always tell them, I, I we don't sell supplements. What we sell people is that we sell people time, and it's more time in their day. When you're more productive, mm. you have five more extra minutes that you can spend, maybe. Practicing a presentation or 10 more minutes that you have at night to spend time with your kid or an extra hour that you can go to the gym that you didn't think you had because you felt sluggish. So that's what we do. Um, The goal of being more productive and why I'm more passionate about it is because I think that the life that you want to live and where you are right now, what separates you is your inability to focus and your inability to be productive. Because we all have major goals, but then we go to work and then we come home. We're like, oh, I'm going to build a side business. I'm going to start this podcast. I'm going to start this blog. But then we get home and we feel tired and we feel like sluggish and we don't feel good. We don't feel productive. We're not in the zone. So the goal with Azath is that allows you to be in the zone when you want it um, and does so naturally. So that's, that, that's my mission. And that's what makes me excited about it because I knew know the reason why I'm here and speaking to you on this podcast is because I was able to tap into my own levels of productivity. And if other people can do it, I think that the is really the limit.
1: Love that. Love that quite a bit.
0: Uh, so
1: going into the rapid-fire question segment, Learn. if you could, if you could add one song, one book, and one film to the national curriculum, what would they be?
0: Hmm. Um. Yeah. There, are there, so many uh good books. I think one of the uh, one of the, the the best books um that I think applies to anyone's life, not not just entrepreneurship. Um, that I really liked is a really popular book by by Ray Dalio. It's called Principles. Um, and, I, and that's a really, uh, has always been a really important book to me because he talks about the ability, ability to deduce principles from every, everyday things that we see in our life. And I think if you have the power to find and recognize patterns, then you're constantly working. You're always productive. You know, when I'm at the gym, I can say what I learned at the gym, I can apply to my work. When I'm at work, I'm like the things I learned, the leadership skills I learn at work, I can apply that with my family. Um, and so I think principles are a very important concept. So I definitely recommend that book. And just to add to that, um, for people in business, because we talk about scaling, there's obviously a very popular book. It's called Built to Sell, uh, which is called Creating a Business That Can, uh, I think, it's Thrive Without You by, by John Warlow. It's a really good book for people yeah. that are looking to create systems. Um, and so um, and uh, as far as far as a movie, man, there, there's, there, there's, I'm not a huge... Uh, Huge uh, mo- movie buff. So I, I, um, I, I, it would be tough for me to, I, I'm really into, uh, documentaries. I watch a lot of that stuff, but there isn't anything that, that really, really stands out uh, to me at this point, unfortunately. So I will stick to, stick to books. That's really usually what I, what I, what I spend most of my time on is books.
2: Fair enough. Uh, name one thing that costs under $100 that has changed your life.
0: Um, one of the best uh, investments, I honestly, I, I think most of the, some of the best investments that uh, probably have been free, um, probably a, a cup of coffee, um, five bucks, six bucks. <laughs> and the reason why it's one of the best things, um, I have a system and this is a, something that uh, I've heard other entrepreneurs do, but I don't like to eat um, alone. And not because I, I, yeah. I know I don't, I don't want to eat alone, it's because I, I, you can, you have, everyone has time of their day where they're eating lunch or breakfast or something, try to get that uh, with someone else in, in the day um, that you've been willing to network with or just willing to chat with. It can be someone from a totally different industry, someone that you you might bump into that you even talk to. But um, I have a, that's a big concept for me. So five days a week, at least minimum, sometimes seven. Um, I have either my lunch or my dinner or one of my meals planned, or it's usually a cup of coffee even a lot of times planned with someone, and that costs less than $100. And those conversations I have with people have really changed my life um, because I I, otherwise, we're all in our own bubbles. Like if I'm doing real estate, all the people yeah. I'm meeting is real estate people. Uh, if I'm in mm-hmm. fitness, that's all the people I'm meeting because I, but I, it's important for us to get out of our bubbles. If you want to be a great entrepreneur, if you want to be a great leader, you need to know what's happening around you, and you need to be able to listen to people's concerns. That's what makes you a great entrepreneur. People want to know, yo, what's hot in marketing right now? How would I create something that's viral? How do I do this in my business? What do people want? I want to do a customer survey. Let me let me get, do some research with McKinsey. You can do all that stuff, and that, that will maybe you can do that quicker, but just talk to people. Um, they'll tell you. People tell you what their concerns are. People tell you what's bothering them. People tell you... Um, they give you context for why they behave the way they do, and so you need to talk to yes. people. And I think many of us we don't do that. So um, that is the the tip for for five dollars you can have coffee with someone um, that will probably expand your horizons. Hmm. That's
2: awesome.
0: awesome. So you were talking about the fact that you've been uh, you love
1: going to the gym and have been doing so since your teens. Um, more recently, so say in the last five years or so, what is one new belief, behavior, or habit? That has helped improve your life. Um,
0: I've been doing this for a long time, but one of the habits that um, I have to do something in the morning that I, the first thing I do that I wake up um, is that I, I accomplish a goal. Um, this is the mm-hmm. most important thing for me. Um, this is something that uh, people might have heard of, but I, I'm a big believer in, which is called the winner's effect, which is that if you win at something, um, and this they have done a test on a lot of people, but if you win with a weaker opponent. Um, when you go in a stronger opponent, you are more likely to beat the stronger opponent because you already won. It's called uh. the winner's effect. So I'm a very uh. big believer in that. I believe that if we win, and that's basically our brain saying, I had a goal and I accomplished it. Now the next task that you had becomes easier for you to handle because you're already, or you're already quote unquote a winner. Don't matter how big or small the task was. So every morning I have something, usually it's just like simply simple. I'm going to make my bet today. Or I'm going to do extra 20 minutes uh, on a Stairmaster today. That's just a goal. And I actually physically have a checklist and I cross it out. And then in my mind, it gets a trigger. Oh, I have won. So by the time it's 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock when everyone's starting their day and getting coffee, I go to work as a winner because I've already won. So that's one of the habits that the first thing I do in the, in the morning, literally the first thing I do when I get out of bed or, or whatever is that I, I have to have a task that I complete.
2: That's awesome. I love that. Uh, what is something that you believed at 18 that you now tell yourself is completely inaccurate and why? Um,
0: I, I think a, a, a big thing, um, you know, when you're 18 and and this applies to myself, but I also have a conversation with a lot of younger people is it's okay to not know everything. Um, and, and, and you have to know that you don't know everything. I think that's really crucial. I think when you're younger, um, especially when I was younger, I want to always seek knowledge. I'm really, I'm very curious about, understanding and knowing more things. And I feel if I don't okay. have knowledge over everything, I haven't mastered it, but it you can master things knowing that you don't know everything. And I think that's crucial um, because you learn, especially in business, the hard lessons I've learned is the importance of trust and the importance of delegation. And I think that if you're constantly trying to master every, every part of every process, which you never really will, um, it holds you back. And I think <laughs> speed and scaling is more important than you being in control over everything. So um, I think Mm -hmm. that's um, being okay with delegating and trusting other people um, when you don't have all the knowledge. I think it takes, but it takes a lot of work um, and it takes you to drop your ego at the door um, and saying, hey, I'm okay. I I don't know, like right now in real estate, if you ask me every single thing about development, I won't be able to tell you everything, but I'm very good at it because I'm okay with saying I have great employees and, 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 and I have a lot of respect for them and I love what they do. Um, and it's okay that they know stuff that I don't know because together we make a good team. And I think that that requires yeah. you to drop some of your ego. Awesome.
2: Awesome.
0: <laughs>
1: and final question. What's the secret to achieving personal freedom?
0: Um, well, the, 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 the real thing, how to achieve personal freedom starts with your mind. Um, I think we need to dissociate. Um, values that we have that we think they're naturally associated so we, we a lot of times think oh i can only have wisdom if i'm very old or if i want to be successful i must be miserable like i must sacrifice everything okay. and so there's a lot of things that are passed on to us Um, which are not, when you think about our deepest held beliefs, I always challenge people and I, and I I don't try to uh, change people's minds. I'm not interested in that. What I'm interested in is to give people perspective. And when you talk Mm. to people, I'm like, why do you think that? Why do you believe that? And many of us will understand that the thoughts that we have and the deepest held beliefs, our values that actually guide us where we're going to go in our life are not ours. They're given to us by other people. They're given to us by our parents or society and school, whatever. And, and who who says Mm. like, people always say, Oh, you don't, Man, pretty. you're working so many hours, but you, don't, you, sound, you look happy all the time. You're not miserable. But who says that I have to be miserable <laughs> in order or I need to sacrifice everything in order to you know, do well financially or do well at work? So that's an association that has been passed on to us. And I realize those are not my values. Like I don't believe in that. So I think in order to achieve freedom, you need to go back and, and reassess all your values. Just take it, a take it time in the weekend. See, what does I truly believe in? Like, what are the values that I have? What mm. are the worldview that I have? Are they really mine? Or is it just passed on to me? Because then you're not free. If your thoughts mm. and your values are given by other people, you're never free. Because then you're living vicariously. So uh, I think that's wow. the biggest thing. Wow.
1: Awesome. Uh, Pat, that's a different take and I love it. That's, that's pretty cool. Well, Prady, this has been a really short conversation. Or at least it seems to be. And time just completely... Blew by. Um, your company can again be found at getazoth.com and people can actually reach out to you. Uh, your email is prady at the tawari um, Where can people f- find you on the socials?
0: Yeah, people can uh, l- just look me up on Inst- I'm mostly uh, very, uh, quite active on Instagram. They can just look up uh, Preddy Tawari, P R A D Y T E W uh, A R I E. They can hit me up on there. Um, I, I usually respond, I try to respond to literally everyone that, that messaged me on there. Um I also have a podcast it's called The Enlightened Millennial where I talk about you know stuff like this and I provide uh my take on success and and motivation and entrepreneurship on there especially talking to a millennial crowd um so people can uh, find information there but I'm I'm pretty accessible through our site and I'm always uh down to to hear from people a lot of times uh people have reached out to me in the Boston area that have listened to me speak um, they want to grab coffee or say pretty hey you always recommend getting coffee or getting lunch with someone would you be down to do that absolutely um you know i, I, I always love to meet new people and, and discuss new ideas so i'm open to that
1: super awesome yeah well, nice pretty it, it was a total
0: pleasure and uh <laughs> yeah
1: i'll have to check that out for sure thank,
0: thank you. you Yes, awesome thank you both you guys it was a real pleasure to be on and i appreciate uh, the platform
1: So there you have it guys Prady is definitely the definition of an entrepreneur on fire he actually kind of reminds me of a gary v and i think that's mainly because he just has that crush it attitude and while not everyone might be able to keep up with him and his productivity i think there's a lot of truth in what he's been saying you know i think we can all use more systems in our life and businesses i mean that's just how you scale uh, in the show, no extra videos, you get to carry on in this conversation with Prady. And in the first one, he and Justin Hall discussed the importance of having the right information when buying supplements. And guys, just like businesses, because something works for one person doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for you in the same way. Then, in the next few videos, we have Prady and his co host, Leandro Molina, discussing various topics on the first season of their show called the Enlightened Millennial Podcast. And the first topic is about why hard work is not enough when it comes to becoming a millionaire. Next, they discuss when it's right to leave a nine to five for your own business. And then they go into why people don't achieve wealth. And for all these different topics, you know, these are things that I discuss with people that I work with pretty regularly. So it's interesting to see their spin on it. And also, if you want to check out their second season, you can find it on iTunes. So again, all these videos can be seen via the show notes at newinceptions.com slash 159. So that's it for this session. Remember that if you want to do meaningful work like Prady, then it really helps to be aware of your personal mission. Find it today with my help for free by visiting newinceptions.com slash personal mission guide. That's newinceptions.com slash personal mission guide. Thank you for spending a little bit of time with us today. As always, we appreciate you guys joining in. Until next session, dig in, have fun, and take care in whatever you're creating. And we'll see you back here next time.
0: Thanks for listening to the Angles of Latitude podcast. Connect with us at home, at work, or on the go at facebook.com slash newinceptions, on Twitter at New Inceptions, Instagram at new.inceptions,
2: and on the web at newinceptions.com.